Jude submits to us not just one example of the plight of the faithless flounderers, but he outlines about six examples of, watch this, backsliding. Everybody say backsliding. Backsliding. Boy, you don't hear that talked about much nowadays, do you? I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you up one side and down the other as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. The Lord willing, I'm going to wrap up or complete the back half of a teaching that we began last week. It's one I've titled, Don't Stop Till You Get It Done. And we're talking about, we're actually in the book of Jude, and we're talking about some negative naysayers. Now, I want you to catch this. Some negative naysayers who not only failed to get a hold of and pursue God's plan, but they actually defied God's plan. And it didn't turn out too well for them. Now, one of the neat things about the Bible is it's not just a historical accounting but rather, it also helps us to know and understand how God operates and we can make application of these historical accounts in our own life and hopefully prevent our, or preclude uh, some really bad things coming into our own life. Now Jude chapter 1 verses 5 through 13 actually provide the backdrop for this particular teaching. But I'm also going to be looking at a passage out of Numbers. and I want to read you one verse from that uh, before we jump into it. This morning, if you have your Bibles, turn with me. Numbers chapter 14 and verse number 37. And the record puts it this way. These men responsible for spreading the bad report about the land were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. Notice who it was that was struck down. The men responsible for spreading the bad report. Again, we can learn some things from this. Stay tuned. I'll try to help you understand what that might be. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on this telecast. And I pray in Jesus' name that by your word you would speak to our hearts. Father, I pray for those that may be listening right now who have failed to pursue your word and your purpose and your plan for their life. And perhaps even purpose to defy your plan. Speak to them. Help them, Lord, to know and understand what injury they're bringing to their own soul as well as to others within their sphere of influence. I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while. And uh, before we jump into the teaching, let me remind you, if you're listening online, if you'd look down in the, the corner of the screen, there's that little new life icon. If you'd hover over that, the subscribe button will come up. If you'll click on that and subscribe to our channel, it would be very, very helpful to us and hopefully helpful to you in the days to come. God bless.
give Him praise and glory. God's not afraid of those giants. And, and by the way, the report of giants didn't catch God by surprise. He didn't look over at the Holy Spirit and say, Giants? I didn't know there were any giants over there. What are they talking about? He's the one that made those giants. Real quick, one of the lessons that we learn from this little account, and this is totally out left field, one of the, the lessons we learn from this Bible account is that deeply ingrained traditions, listen to me folks, even if they are oppressive in nature, they're very difficult for mere humans to escape. Some people call them generational curses. I'm cautious about that. But sometimes our past can haunt us, can't it? And even when God sets us free from that, we still have a difficult time. Even when our carcass, if you please, is set free, often our minds and our memories remain enslaved by or with the familiar. Now, meanwhile, back at the message, I won't charge you any extra for that little side road. Jude 1 and 5, though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered His people out of Egypt, but, everybody say but, later. Hmm. But later destroyed those who did not believe. It's pretty obvious the unbelief spoken of by Jude is in reference to these negative naysayers that are highlighted in Numbers chapter 13. I believe that. What happened to these negative naysayers? Do you believe that these goomers actually got together and had this whiny little pity party and they purposed a plan not only to fail to move ahead with God's plan but moreover to completely defy God's plan by returning to the very place from where God had miraculously delivered them. Number five on your study note. They went so far as to propose choosing a leader that would rally the people for the return trip. You can read about that in Numbers chapter 14. In other words, beloved, they were trying to find a preach, uh, excuse me, a leader, a leader that would tell them what they wanted to hear. Not thus saith the Lord. How'd that turn out? Not too good. Numbers 14, 12, Numbers 14, 22. Those addresses appear on your study notes, but I'm encouraging you to go to verse 23 with me. It's going to appear on the screen. Listen, here's how it turned out. Not one of them. How many of them? Not nary a one. Not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath. But you promised it was on oath. It was a covenant. How many of you know there are two sides to a covenant? I'm pausing for emphasis. I will do for you if you do this. How many of you know if you don't do this, you've broken the covenant. The covenant no longer applies. I'm afraid to amen that he might be right. 
Not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Verse 37. These men responsible for spreading the bad report about the land that God told them they were, it was theirs and to go get it that spread that bad report about the land were struck down and died of a plague. What did they die of? COVID-19. I mean a plague before the Lord. Now I have to be careful there because there's some spirit-filled people that have contracted COVID-19 and ended up with some, uh, some bad deals. But what I want you to understand this morning is that it was a plague. We're currently in the middle of a plague, so you know what that's like. Are you with me? So I'm not really here to point a finger at why we're going through what we're going through right now necessarily. Now, here's the underlying truth that Jude has been inspired to teach us. Do you remember a couple weeks ago, maybe even last week, I said to you that life isn't a 40-yard dash? You remember that? It's a marathon. It's a marathon. You get up every day, you run a little bit. Get up every day, you run a little bit. Get up every day, you run a little bit. It's a marathon. And the goal isn't to start. The goal is what, church? To finish. Anybody can start anything. The goal is to finish. Look at number six on your study notes. Some of these characters from Israel's past did not get it done. They didn't get it done. They simply did not follow through faithfully with the plan for which God had delivered them for in the very beginning. And that was to possess the land of Canaan. Suffice it to say, God did not deliver them from Egypt so that they could merely settle on the opposite side of the sea and stall out there or worse yet, plan to return later. How many of you know God's eternal? But how many of you know He's forward-thinking? He's forward-focused. If you live for Him, you walk with Him, you too will have to assume that type of demeanor, forward focus. He's eternal. And all that the church is about is talking about spending eternity in the future with God. Don't you think we ought to start learning how to focus on that now? What is all this talk about going back? God doesn't want you going back. In fact, there is some Bible that says you ought not to even be looking back. Because when you are, you aren't, help me, say fit. You read your Bible. You're not fit for the kingdom once you put your hand to the plow and look back. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Don't shoot the postman. A friend of mine posted a picture. He's from Ohio. Posted a picture last night of this giant revolver. It's a mailbox stand. The little sight thing's the flag. And you get your mail out of the barrel of this pistol which adds a whole new meaning to the phrase, don't shoot the postman. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the message, I'm at number seven on your study notes. Many of the people, even after experiencing, even after living through the miracle, many of the people turned away 
from their deliverer, turned away from their redeemer, and stalled out. Instead of continuing, watch this, instead of continuing to trust God and ultimately receiving God's reward of a land that is described as flowing with milk and honey. How many of you know God had a wonderful thing in store for them? He did. Now, I'm going to try to land this thing. Sometimes my landing gear gets stuck. So, From this point, Jude proceeds to submit to us. If you were paying attention to the text reading this morning, probably realize there were some complex things going on there, seemingly. But Jude submits to us not just one example of the plight of the faithless flounderers, but he outlines about six examples of, watch this, backsliding. Everybody say backsliding backsliding. Boy, you don't hear that talked about much nowadays, do you? What theologians would reference as apostasy. Apostasy. Now listen, three of these examples feature groups and the other three feature individuals. And I'm probably going to cover this in more detail in a, a later teaching. But he also mentions, he mentions Israel as far as the group Israel and their unbelief. Some angels which kept not their positions of authority. The people of Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them. And then these individuals, Cain, Balaam, and Korah. They're interesting stories. But they all reflect some teaching about or reflect the whole sentiment of apostasy or backsliding. The English word apostasy is not found in the Bible. You may be thinking, well, I didn't think I'd read that in there anywhere preaching. You know, you know, I know the whole thing. That word is not in the Bible. It is derived, though, or translated from the Greek, which is in there. The word apostasia, apostasia. It's a compound word, apo and stime. Apo meaning away from, and, and histe me if you please, meaning to stand. You put all that together and you come up with properly a word that, uh, that means a departure from a previous standing. Departure from a previous standing, implying desertion. Now, Church folks. How many church folks we got here this morning? Church folks don't like to talk about this. But boy, they love to argue about it. There have been libraries filled with books about it. I'm headed to number eight on your study notes. Folks, you can call me simple if you like. But watch this. Either you're serving the Lord or you are serving self you're either serving the Lord or you're serving self and I would go so far as to say if you're serving self then you're not serving the Lord 
And that's a dangerous place to be. Isn't that a dangerous place to be? How so, Pastor Terry? Listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 4.10. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Oh, straight shooting James, the servant of Jesus, was inspired to leave us this. You adulterous people, watch this. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the Scripture says without reason that the Spirit He calls to live in us, Holy Spirit, tends toward envy? Real quick, let me help you understand adultery. I'm surprised how many people don't understand adultery in this day and age. Adultery is when a man is married to a woman and he walks away from that woman and he engages sexual relationships with another man's wife. That's adultery. Oh, preacher, I know what you're talking about. I read that in a history book. That's something that used to be a sin. But it ain't a sin no more. It depends on which Bible you're reading from and which preacher's preaching it. Because I believe that it is. Listen, that's physical adultery. By the way, before you get there, and I just felt a nudge to say this, before you get there... There's fornication. Boy, this is out in left field. You guys understand what fornication is? That's when you ain't married to nobody, but you're engaged in sexual relations with somebody. Fornication. Let me tell you about spiritual adultery. Spiritual adultery is when a servant of Jesus Christ forsakes God in favor of lesser God. That's what Jude is talking about. That's what was going on with these goomers. They had forsaken God in favor of lesser gods. Apostasia, apostasy, backsliding. Number nine on your study notes. I'm getting real close to the end. All of these illustrations, whether it's those three groups or those three individuals, whether it's that which we unpacked before you this morning or we haven't gotten there yet, all these illustrations are put forth to help the serious Jesus chaser. Let me pause right there. Are you serious about your relationship with God? You know what I, this is my personal opinion, you know what I think the COVID thing is all about primarily? separating the wheat from the chaff in this respect to find out who is really chasing God, chasing Jesus. Hmm? That doesn't apply in every single case. But how many of you know, if you don't know, and I chuckle to keep from crying, there are church fellowships that have shut down in the last six months. They'll never reopen their doors. This is put forth to help serious Jesus chasers, serious Jesus chasers, know and understand the benefits of faithfully finishing. Finishing. And the detrimental consequences for those who reflect more the, the 
character and the characteristics of those in Jude's example. Those who began the race and then flounder. They doubt God. They look back. They purpose going back. And I don't, I'm telling you, I know some people that have went back. You can argue about that till the cows come home. Listen, beloved, either you're serving God or you're not. If you are, hallelujah, thank the Lord. If you're not, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. Whether one flounders from pure laziness, I know I ought to read my Bible, I just don't feel like it. I know I ought to go over to their church this morning, I just don't feel like it. I know I ought to tell my neighbor about Jesus. I just don't feel like it. Lazy, slothful, or whether you're floundering from lukewarmness. Haven't felt the Spirit in ages. Listen, I'm going to say this. Boy, I'm getting bold, aren't I? If you didn't sense the Spirit in here this morning, I have serious reservations about your spirituality. I don't say that to judge, I say that to encourage. Because if you're not living up to God's standard, that can change right now. It can. And that's what we're talking about. I think that's what Jude is talking about. If some flounder just simply because of a lack of faith, God leads them step by step. And when they're first converted, oh man, they believe God. And they're going, everything's all about God. And then all of a sudden, God asks them to do something that's bigger than they are. It's a giant. And it really begins to test their faith. I want to take you back to last week's teaching. Can I do that before I get in any more trouble? Jude wrote, I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, but I was interrupted by the Spirit and influenced to write instead and encourage you to contend for the faith. I want you to know and understand, backsliding, apostasy, is not contending for the faith. It isn't contending for the faith. It's dangerously close to something that could get you into a heap of trouble spiritually. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I won't be long. But I pray the Holy Spirit of God would have His will and way in your heart right now. Listen, I'm going to ask you to pray with me something like this. God, help me remain focused on the forwards. Not the past, but your future. Lord, help me to maintain focus on your plan, not my own agenda. Help me to remain focused on your spirit. Not my own power and strength and energy. Lord, help me to stay focused on your eternity, not just the present. And beloved, if you've been looking back, looking back, looking back, thinking about going back, can I ask you to consider repenting? 
sounds like this, Lord, I know that you want me to go forward. And this old flesh is trying to go back. Lord, I'm sorry for that. I repent of that. And I pray that you would transform my mind by the power of your spirit and help me to maintain a forward focus. Beloved, let me wrap it up by reemphasizing something we said just moments ago. Either you're serving the Lord or you're serving yourself. If you're serving yourself, you aren't serving the Lord. And that is dangerous. There are dire circumstances. Jude's trying to remind us of these things and encourage us to purpose to be about God's business. Now, my prayer for you is the same as, as what I pray for myself. Especially at this stage of my life and my ministry, I've purposed to finish well. So many don't. They start out guns a-blazing, so to speak, and then uh, they fall by the wayside, and that just grieves me to no end. I want you to finish well and to be reminded that the way to finish well is to remain faithful to the Word of God, to the purpose and the plan of God for your life. Not just applaud others or look at others and wonder, boy, I wish I could be like them, but to actually finish well yourself. That's my prayer for you. In fact, I want to pray for you right now and encourage you even to pray with me. If you begin to stray away or to look away or to, to look around and you've been discouraged by what you see and you've just lost focus, my prayer for you is that Holy Spirit would help you to come back into a right relationship with God and that you would purpose to get into the Word of God and know and understand God's purpose and plan for your life and to have at it with all that is within you, literally, to be a Jesus chaser. Father, I pray for those that are listening right now, in particular those that may have strayed. I pray as they look back, perhaps to better days, that they would be reminded of your blessings and your protection upon them as they sought after your purpose and plan for their life. I trust and pray that you would draw them back to yourself and that they would purpose in their heart, in their spirit, not just in their mind, not just with their emotions right now, but would truly purpose with their spirit, with every fiber of their being, to give themselves fully to your work. And I pray that they would finish well, step by step, day by day, for all the rest of the days of their life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, let me, uh, before I go, uh, go away from you for this particular telecast, if you haven't been born again, spirit-filled according to the Word of God, I encourage you to seek God out and to seek that salvation experience and to, uh, to repent of your sins, confess your sins, open up your heart's door and ask Jesus to come in to fill you. And I encourage you to seek a spirit, a Holy Spirit baptism. The Bible teaches that. I trust that you would research that, know and understand what that means, and walk in that way. That is God's purpose and plan for your life, whoever you are. And I can say that with integrity based upon the Word of God. And I want to leave you with that challenge as we go off. Uh, once again, if you're listening online, I would encourage you to hover over that little... Uh, New Life icon there on the bottom of the screen. The subscribe button will come up and you can subscribe to our channel. It would be helpful to us and it would uh, allow us to continue to remind you when these programs uh, become available so that you can listen along and hopefully learn from and be encouraged by 
the Word of God. I'm Terry Knight, and the pastor of New Life Community Church. I trust you're going to have a great week, what's left of it. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?